There is no decrease, no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness, there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, Datu, no Datu of dharmas, no mind consciousness, Datu, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, Datu, up to no mind, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death, no suffering, origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequal mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as true since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha. The Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Then the Blessed One arose from that samadhi and praised noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra, noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One. Sama-raya-be-te-yata-om-gate-gate-bara-gate-bara-sangate-bodhi-so-a-bhava-gonju-don-ji-ka-hi-de-me-do-ji-se-lo-bodo-ji-me-bodo-ji-se-wa-do-
Lodge Tatane <laughs> 
Thank you very much. I don't know where my pen went. So, again, we will be going over uh, the great Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, which is a commentary on Atisha's uh, lamp for the path to enlightenment. And it begins with an outline of four categories. Uh, the four are the greatness of the teaching's author, uh, the greatness of the teaching itself, the great way to listen to and explain the instruction, uh, and then the fourth is how to lead students in the actual instructions. And in that fourth category of how to lead students in the actual instructions, uh, it begins with two categories. The first category is uh, how to rely upon the teacher who is the root of the path, uh, and then we've gone through that. And then the next category is uh, how uh, to engage in the practices once one has relied upon that teacher. Uh, so we're in that section. And in that, we find an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, uh, and then the actual how to take advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, so uh, we're in the section of how to take advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, and then within that, uh, there are two categories. Uh, how to develop certain knowledge of a general presentation of the path. Uh, and then uh, the second section is how to take uh, uh, the actual way uh, to take advantage of the life of leisure and opportunity, so the actual way that one does so. Uh, so now we're currently in the section of how to develop certain knowledge of a general presentation um, of the path. Uh, and in that section, there are two categories. Uh, the first category uh, is how to see that all of the, the scriptures are included within the, uh, the path's 
for three types of persons or how all scriptures are, scriptures are included within the paths of the three types of persons. Uh, and then the second is the why the reasons or why students are led in stages using the trainings of the three types of persons. Uh, so uh, we've, um, we're in the section on uh, the reason for or why the students are led in those stages. Uh, so uh, that's where we currently are. Uh, and if we begin uh, um, with the uh, um, purpose of leading students by means of the uh, paths of three types of persons. Uh, and within that uh, section, we find uh, three specific points that are made. Uh, the first point that's made is made by uh, our, uh, the great master Ari Ashura, uh, I, I'm sorry, Ashvagosha, um, uh, from the uh, uh, conventional uh, uh, cultivation of the conventional spirit of enlightenment, cultivation, or, uh, cultivation of the conventional bodhicitta, uh, and then uh, points are made that the, the, there's stages, uh, and then the next point's made by Baba Vega, uh, in opening the heart of the middle way text where he shows the cause and effect relationship between these uh, um, different capacities of small, uh, medium, and great. Uh, and then the uh, third point that's made within that section is uh, why students can't just begin uh, with the teachings for beings of great capacity, why that there are stages. So this section deals with the purpose of leading students by means of the uh, paths of three types of persons and why uh, they are these stages are present uh, so then after that section uh, uh, there's a, a there's more specifics about why one guides uh, students through such stages uh, and there's two categories within that there's the actual reason and then the purpose uh, and it begins with the actual reason and the actual reason has 14 different points that are made uh, within that section um, and in the root text, Atisha's Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, we find that first, uh, in the uh, first few stanzas that where it's quoted as saying, understand that there are persons of three capacities, small, middling, and great. I shall write clearly identifying their characteristics or define these three. Uh, so here, uh, the small, middling, and great are referring to the three types of persons, small, medium, and great, and their pathways, the pathways for beings of small, uh, medium, and great capacity, or the teachings for in common with beings of small and medium capacity, and the teachings for beings of great capacity. So here, the first section that has those three points deals with the, the purpose of leading students through these pathways in their order, uh, and then now we're going to get into the specifics of actual reasons and purpose, beginning with actual reason and 14 points. Deegson. Then, 
Bodhicitta. So the only door into the great vehicle is Mahayana or great vehicle uh, mind uh, generation. Uh, and we find various points that are made in the Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life. Uh, it speaks of, uh, it's quoted as saying, the moment helpless beings bound in the prison of cyclic existence develop the spirit of enlightenment, they are called children of the sukhatas. Uh, so they are called bodhisattvas, the moment that they develop the spirit of enlightenment. So the only door into the great vehicle is this mind uh, generation. And if we look at how one generates this mind, we'll find that there are two practices. We find the equalizing and exchanging self with others practice that is passed from Shantideva, and we find the uh, seven-point cause and effect instruction for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment uh, from Lord Atisha. Uh, so when we trace the practice of this, if we look at the seven-point cause and effect instruction for realizing the mind that aspires to enlightenment and trace its steps, we'll see uh, um, the, uh, the, the actual reason uh, uh, that's being stated here and the point that's being made. Uh, when we see the result of the uh, Mahayana mind generation or bodhicitta being the seventh uh, point of the seven point cause and effect. Then the previous steps are the extraordinary attitude. And the extraordinary, which causes that uh, Mahana mind generation or bodhicitta. And the extraordinary attitude is caused by great compassion. Great compassion is caused by the love through the force of attraction. Love through the force of attraction is caused by uh, wishing to repay the kindness of our mothers. Uh, wishing to repay the kindness of our mothers is brought on by uh, remembering their kindness. And remembering their kindness is brought on uh, by recognizing all sentient beings as our mothers. Now, recognizing all sentient beings as our mother is generated by uh, first having equanimity. Uh, and then equanimity is produced through engaging in the practices that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, such as renunciation and so forth. 
the desire to definitely emerge. And that desire to definitely emerge uh, is uh, caused by or produced by the practices shared in common with beings of small capacity. Uh, so the first point that's made is that since the mind that aspires to enlightenment is the only door into the Mahayana, uh, then these stages are necessary because in order to generate that mind, we have to have the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity and, and medium capacity in order to develop that uh, mind generation, which is the entrance into the great vehicle. So here, this first point that's uh, uh, made um, is qualified or, uh, or validated by uh, Shanti Deva's uh, quote uh, stating that that is the entrance into the uh, uh, becoming uh, the children of the Sukkata, a bodhi, a Bodhisattva. So, um, uh, yeah. Shantu so then the question arises, uh, is this always the door uh, into the Mahayana? Um, uh, so uh, the reason uh, that uh, it, it is the door into the Mahayana uh, is that all of the excellent qualities of the Mahayana are brought about by uh, having this uh, mind or having this mind that aspires to enlightenment in one's continuum. Uh, so the excellent qualities of the great vehicle uh, are produced uh, under the influence of this uh, bodhicitta or the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So here it says, uh, the moment helpless beings bound in the prison of cyclic existence develop this spirit of enlightenment, uh, they are called children of the sukhatas. So they are called bodhisattvas, the moment that within their continuum the spirit of enlightenment is produced. So the moment one gets bodhicitta, he or she becomes a bodhisattva. And bodhicitta then influences all actions and makes them virtue, uh, excellent qualities of the Mahayana. So when we look at the uh, pathways, uh, uh, pathways of the Hinayana and pathways of the uh, Mahayana. We have five paths, path of accumulation, preparation, seeing, meditation, and no more learning of Hinayana, as well as Mahayana. But the Hinayana five paths do not have the excellent qualities of the great vehicle five paths because they are not uh, influenced by uh, or um, um, saturated with uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So because this, this mind, Mahayana mind generation or 
or bodhicitta is present, then it becomes the entrance into all the excellent qualities of the Mahayana, and therefore all actions of one's body, speech, and mind, uh, all virtuous actions of one's body, speech, and mind become virtuous actions of uh, the great vehicle because of that influence of the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Uh, so it is the only door into the Mahayana because it is the only uh, uh, thing which uh, um, uh, transforms all activities into excellent qualities of the great vehicle. Uh, so it's for that reason that it's considered the entrance into the Mahayana. Um, uh, it's for that reason it's considered that. Five so any of the excellent qualities that come about through the five sciences, sorry, I don't know all of the different categories, the sciences of uh, the alphabet and Sanskrit, valley cognition, the medicines, construction, uh, uh, I think the practices, uh, so anyway, the five, uh, any among those five sciences, uh, do they, they, they do not become excellent qualities of the great vehicle unless they are under the influence of the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So it is bodhicitta uh, that transforms these uh, into excellent qualities of the Mahayana for the pra that, that being, that practitioner. What so the first point that's made is that the only door into the great vehicle or into the Mahayana is bodhicitta. Uh, so uh, this is the first point that's uh, made in this section under the, 
uh, actual reason. Uh, the second point that's made is that uh, one, one must uh, think, in order to generate the mind that aspires to enlightenment, there's an enormous amount of effort that must go into it and hardship. Um, and it's for that reason that it's necessary to continuously think of the benefits of the generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment uh, uh, in order to develop uh, um, uh, uh, conviction in, or, or uh, uh, to, yeah, to develop uh, this conviction to engage in that effort that's necessary. Um, so if one, for instance, thinks of the benefits of a, a particular medication uh, and, and knows what they are, then he or she will want to go to the hospital or the doctor's office uh, and receive this medication because of knowing what the benefits of it are. Uh, likewise, uh, if one knows what the benefits of the mind that aspires to enlightenment are, then one will engage in uh, the difficulties that uh, one will have to endure in order to generate it. Um, so this is the second point that's made. Uh, and there also, ha uh, not only um, does one think of the benefits, but there is also a method which one must employ, and that is the method of going for refuge uh, to the three jewels of the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and offering the uh, seven-limb prayer, the seven-branch offering. Uh, so uh, um, the thinking of the benefits then is uh, coupled with these practices. And then when uh, we look for the source of this instruction, we find Shantideva again. Uh, in both texts, uh, both two of his texts, first in the Bodhichara Avatara, the Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life, uh, and then Lapdu, the com Compendium of Trainings. Uh, so these two texts are the source for this information uh, about that second point uh, that, that Lama Tsongkhapa makes. <laughs> So last week when we spoke of this, we said that some doubts may arise as to where the specific section uh, in the, for instance, the Bodhichara Avatara uh, is that's being referenced and uh, because both the first and second chapter uh, speak of the benefits of the awakening mind. Um, but uh, it's the, the first chapter speaks of it quite extensively, but so does the second chapter on the, the acknowledgement of downfalls. Um, so uh, we're probably referring to the first chapter uh, uh, in, this, in this particular uh, instance of, of the Bodhichara Avatara. But some doubts could arise because both sections speak of the benefits. Both是the first and second chapter。他本人是真的，江苏国的，江苏江苏他中国的中国江苏，日本中国江苏，这边这边江苏，中国那边这边这边江苏一点的话，新疆当地中央那一处的山呢，那，从南马来西亚从从这个
uh, free sentient beings from their suffering. Uh, so this, it's a great vehicle uh, refuge that we're speaking of here. So its purpose is to, uh, for the sake of, of sentient beings. Um, so here, the, this, that's the kind of refuge that's being uh, referred to here. It's a Mahayana refuge. So, and then uh, offering the seven limb prayer or the seven branches of worship. Uh, and if we go to the earlier section of the great treatise on the stages, the path to enlightenment, uh, we find a breakdown of uh, the limbs. Uh, and the limbs are as followed the uh, uh, prostration, offering, confession, uh, requesting, uh, entreating, or I guess uh, supplication, uh, the word in here. Uh, 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 um, let me go through that again. I missed one. I'm sorry about that. So, prostration, offering, uh, confession, uh, rejoicing requesting, entreating, and then dedication. So these are the seven limbs. Uh, and if we divide them into categories, there are limbs of, of uh, accumulation or collection. Uh, there are limbs of purification or, or confession, sometimes translated, uh, and then limbs of increase of virtue. Uh, and, and in the begin, uh, beginning section where it goes through them, it says that there are five limbs of uh, uh, um, accumulation or collection, uh, those being the limb of prostration, uh, the limb of offering, the limb of uh, uh, rejoicing, the limb of uh, requesting, and then the limb of entreating or supplication. So these five are the five branches that fall under the uh, uh, accumulation. Uh, and then when we look at the purification or confession limb, the, the, the limb uh, uh, um, category rather, the limb of confession falls into that. And then the limb of increase, uh, we find dedication uh, because any virtue uh, that's been dedicated is increased. Uh, so it's for that reason that uh, dedication falls under the limb of uh, increase of virtue. So the categories are accumulate, accumulating limbs or collective limbs, which there are five, uh, prostration, offering, uh, rejoicing, uh, requesting, and supplication, repenting. <coughs> Uh, the limb of purification or confession, which the, uh, the, the category of purification or confession that the limb of confession goes in, and then virtuous increase, which the limb of dedication falls in. Mandem, 
So um, looking at the word offering, uh, in Sanskrit it's Bunza, Puja. Bunza is in Sanskrit is Puja. Uh, and when we uh, use the word Chupa, uh, we translate it as offering. Uh, um, and it, it's a little less, uh, the etymology is a little bit, but it, it translates as offering. But the kind of offering that's being implicitly referred to here is that which brings joy to uh, those, uh, um, to the Buddhas. So it brings, if it is, an, uh, if, if, if it is something that's offered that brings joy uh, to uh, the object of our offering, in this case the Buddhas, then it's considered an offering. It's a chupa, it's a puja. Uh, so it, it, so when we look at uh, different types of offering, giving flowers and so forth, this would bring joy to uh, the being that we're offering it to or to the Buddha. So therefore, uh, prostrations uh, and other activities become offerings as well because they bring about joy uh, to uh, the Buddhas. So if we could say that, oh, I see. So we're, so since all of the limbs of the seven limb prayer bring joy to the Buddhas, we can say that all of the limbs are limbs of offering. Could we not? Uh. <laughs> so, but there, this is, these are the kinds of debates that take place because we find that there are uh, um, different categories of, of branches. There's the category of uh, accumulation or accumu uh, accumulation or collection, categories which are purification or confession, categories which are uh, um, uh, virtuous increase. Uh, but then we have this other uh, information. So these are the things that we debate about. This is uh, debate. So if we were to look at the two different benefits uh, that are spoken of, we could divide them into two, the temporary benefits uh, and final benefits. Um, so uh, we could divide them uh, into those two categories if we were to condense things. Okay. 
So the third category deals specifically with the two um, 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 happinesses, the are two benefits, the twofold benefits, uh, temporary and final. Temporary benefits referring to those benefits found within the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity, which are uh, twofold, uh, freedom from the lower realms, uh, and then uh, uh, being able to achieve rebirth in the higher realms. So these are the, this is the twofold uh, temporary benefit. Um, and then the, the final benefit refers to uh, the achievement of liberation or nirvana uh, and, then, and uh, ultimately to complete Buddhahood. So there are two categories in final benefit, uh, liberation or nirvana and Buddhahood. Um, so uh, these are the, the, the two different categories and if one engages in uh, uh, the practice of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, one won't fall to the lower realms, one will uh, uh, be reborn into the higher realms uh, and then be able to achieve the liberation in Buddhahood. Uh, so these are the, uh, the two-fold benefits. <laughs> Mm. Uh, so if we haven't generated this mind that aspires to enlightenment, but we wish to, and we think of it over and over, and, and wanting to generate this mind that aspires to enlightenment, then these benefits will also come of not uh, falling to the lower realms and achieving rebirth into the higher realms and so forth. So just aspiring to generate this, even if we haven't generated it, will produce these benefits. So why is it that uh, um, uh, we are not born into the lower realms if we generate this mind that aspires to enlightenment? And the reason for this is, is the generation of this mind is, has such a purifying quality uh, that it's like washing the stain out of a cloth. And since beginningless time, uh, we have engaged in actions which will give rise to the experience of suffering. And at that moment of the generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, um, all of those negativities are immediately purified, which would give rise to rebirth into the lower realm. So at that moment of the arisal, all of those negativities, since beginningless time, that have that potential to produce the suffering, are are purified. 
so in the Bodhichara avatar, I won't be able to quote it. I'm having trouble remembering it. Um, but it, it speaks of uh, um, the uh, if in the whole world was engulfed in flames. It's similar to uh, what happens to the the misdeeds uh, we've previously created once this mind that aspires to enlightenment is generated. So it compares uh, this generation to a fire that burns away. Uh, all of the misdeeds of our body, speech, and mind. Uh, and in the Bodhichara Avatar, there's a reference to uh, it, all the lakes and rivers and streams of the world being burned uh, away. Uh, it's similar to our misdeeds that are burned away uh, in this arisal of the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Usually I have the text here, but I don't today, so. So in the life story of the uh, previous life stories of the Buddha, we see that in, it was in the hot hell realm that he, the mind that aspires to enlightenment was generated uh, in Buddha's continuum. Uh, and it, at that moment, the misdeeds were burned away uh, and he was uh, propelled into the higher realms because of this uh, mind generation that took place, the bodhicitta. That
Okay. Um, so I'm going to just read the, where, through where we are. Mm. 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 If, if you condense, so we're, here we are on page 134 in the Tibetan. If you condense the benefits spoken of in this way, there are twofold, temporary, and final. The first, again, is twofold, not falling into the miserable realms uh, and being born in the happy realms. Uh, that is, once you have developed the spirit of enlightenment, you clear away many acu uh, previously accumulated causes for miserable rebirths, and you end the continuous accumulation of them uh, in the future. You also vastly increase your previously accumulated causes of happy rebirths since they are imbued with this spirit. Furthermore, because you are motivated by the spirit, the causes that you create anew will be inexhaustible. Um, so. Uh, here, uh, it's, it's saying that once one has uh, developed the spirit of enlightenment or the mind that aspires to enlightenment within his or her continuum, all of the previously accumulated misdeeds, all of the seeds that have the ability to give rise to the rebirth in the miserable realms are purified or are cleared away. Uh, and once, uh, so since beginningless time, we've engaged in non-virtue through our body, speech, and mind. But since beginningless time, we've also engaged in vir virtue through our body, speech, and mind. So at the moment of this generation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment, all of the misdeeds that we've engaged in and their seeds are purified, and all of the virtue we've engaged in is immediately increased. Uh, so uh, there is a purification that takes place and then an increase of virtue. So that virtue, which would be the propelling karma, uh, that would give rise to the experience of the lower realms, it, I'm sorry, that non-virtue, which would uh, uh, be the throwing, non-virtuous throwing karma that would give rise to rebirth in the lower realms is purified and uh, eradicated. Uh, and the, the virtuous throwing karma that gives rise to rebirth in the higher realms is increased. And so this is the reason why the lower realm rebirth is stopped and the higher realm rebirth is taken on because there's an increase in the throwing karma that propels one to the higher, uh, into the higher realms. Um, and in the Bodhichara Avatara, again, uh, there's a, a quote about um, actions that aren't under the influence of the bodhicitta being like uh, uh, a banana tree uh, that, uh, um, that once uh, the, 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 the fruit has ripened, it no longer produces another fruit. Uh, and that when when it is uh, actions are um, uh, uh, under the influence of the mind or imbued here with the spirit of enlightenment or the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, then they uh, uh, produce um, unending results or uh, um, uh, um, vast uh, unending unending results that are, that don't go away. 
I wish I had the quote. Uh, um, normal deeds are uh, like a banana tree that, that perish immediately, and, and, and virtues under the influence of the mind that aspires to enlightenment uh, are uh, unending or are uh, um, immeasurable or unending, something to this effect. Uh, so this is the, the, the supporting material here. Uh, it shows how uh, um, um, the, there is an increase in all virtues by having this mind that aspires to enlightenment in one's continuum, and, and how it connects to that Shantideva quote uh, uh, that shows how virtues imbued with that spirit uh, produced uh, uh, immeasurable uh, future results, whereas virtues without it uh, perish immediately uh, once their uh, experience comes to fruition. Uh, uh. So, virtue, um, a banana is very, a, a very good fruit, and, and a banana tree rises and produces this banana, but once the banana is picked, it no longer uh, produces any more bananas. It has to regrow another uh, uh, a banana tree. Uh, uh, but a mango uh, tree continuously produces fruit. Uh, so bodhicitta is compared to the mango tree. Our virtue under the influence or imbued with bodhicitta is compared to the mango tree that uh, continues to produce results. Uh, whereas the uh, um, virtues not under the influence of this mind are like the banana tree that produce a nice result, but then it is uh, hollow. For, uh, it's no longer uh, uh, continues to produce in, in that, that particular tree. It can regrow and produce another, <coughs> it can regrow and produce another banana, but that particular sh uh, um, space no longer grows uh, fruit. Uh, in uh, so in Baksa, uh, we had very delicious bananas, and uh, um, the Chiransu, the Dasi So they planted one uh, banana tree there, and then they all started to sprout up. Oh, that's okay, I'm starting to understand. There's a lot of banana fields in the South India now. So, so in Boxen, the where they first uh, became came as refugees, that's where the monks, just translators know, Boxen is a former British prison camp where all of the monks and nuns first lived when they became refugees 
uh, uh, um, in India from Tibet after 1959. So one, I guess, monk planted a banana tree uh, and then more and more grew. Uh, and then they would uh, um, pick them and they would have them during their debate sessions and they were very delicious. So Rinpoche was just uh, telling a story about, of the, you know, remembering the bananas in Baksa. So then the, the monk that planted the <coughs> tree didn't eat, the, the first one didn't eat any of the bananas. He gave it as an offering to all of the, all the bananas to the other monks. And then uh, there became more and more and more, and then it got to the point where we would have a soak offering. There would be piles of bananas. And we ate so many bananas. The monks, we ate so, so many bananas. What the banana, what the banana? Go out and go to the banana and say, what the banana tree is. What is it about that? So if one's virtuous activities are under the influence or imbued with the mind that aspires to enlightenment, they will always increase uh, and always produce results. Um, uh, so they become like a mango tree and un- uh, and virtuous activities that are not under this influence are very similar to a banana tree that produce these fruits but uh, uh, do not continuously produce them. Mm-hmm. Tato and Tundu Dumbe, 
so furthermore because you are motivated by the spirit the causes that you create anew will be inexhaustible uh, so relying upon the spirit of enlightenment you will easily achieve the final aims uh, liberation and omniscience so the first uh, benefit that's spoken of is temporary benefit there are two categories of temporary benefit uh, not uh, having rebirth in the lower realms and then uh, having rebirth in the higher realms. So these are the temporary benefits and then final benefits being achieving the state of liberation uh, or nirvana uh, and then hitting, uh, achieving the state of uh, um, omniscience. Now, uh, so then from the outset you must have a contrived aspiration that seeks to attain these temporary, uh, these final and temporary benefits. If you do not have this, you might say, I will strive to develop this spirit on account of those benefits that arise from developing the spirit of enlightenment, but it will be mere words. The hollowness of this claim is very clear once uh, you uh, examine uh, your mind. Uh, therefore, first you must train in the thought that is common to persons of small and medium capacities in order to develop a wish to obtain <coughs> benefits. So I think. So here, it, you, one must have a very clear uh, analysis of all of these um, um, uh, 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 um, um, different topics in order uh, to understand them. Because if, if one uh, uh, doesn't uh, um, uh, uh, really analyze these benefits and analyze what uh, um, liberation is, analyze what omniscience is, uh, uh, then there's no way to understand them because they are considered uh, among phenomena, there is manifest phenomena and hidden phenomena and liberation and omniscience categorically fall under hidden, hidden phenomena. And hidden phenomena can only be understood through reliance upon a correct sign. So the different types of analysis have to take place in order to understand hidden phenomena. And the, the wisdom arisen from hearing, uh, the wisdom arisen from contemplation, and the wisdom arisen from meditation uh, have to take place in order to understand these topics because of their hidden nature. So here, one first uh, has to have this contrived aspiration um, uh, uh, um, it says uh, to, to attain these final uh, and temporary uh, benefits because if you don't have this desire, uh, uh, um, uh, you, you, you won't uh, truly engage in the analysis that's necessary to generate it. So uh, one has to look at his or her own mind to find out if 
there is this solid understanding and these wisdoms have arisen uh, relative to these topics so that there actually can be the um, uh, arisal of uh, these, these qualities. So one has to examine his or her mind. That's good. So there are two different there are two different benefits that we uh, receive from uh, this mind that aspires to enlightenment or the uh, uh, mind Mahayana mind generation temporary and final temporary benefits are broken down into two categories uh, first uh, that one will not be born into the lower realms of cyclic existence, and second, that one will be born into the higher realms of cyclic existence. And then uh, uh, final benefits uh, uh, refer to uh, liberation, two categories again, uh, liberation or nirvana and omniscience, Buddhahood. Uh, so these are the temporary and final benefits of the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So here it says, from the outset you must have an uncontrived aspiration that seeks to attain these final and temporary benefits. So this uncontrived means that one has to engage in thorough analysis. One must make use of the correct signs and really know what he or she is striving for. Uh, so what he or she is aspiring to. Um, because it's necessary to analyze, is there a lower realm? What is the lower realm? Uh, what, uh, what are the lower realms categories? Is there a higher realm? What are the higher realms? What are their categories? Uh, looking at correct signs and analyzing all of these, this information. And then analyzing, is there liberation? Uh, how many liberations are there? Uh, what is the correct sign to prove that there is nirvana or liberation? Is there Buddhahood? Is there omniscience? How do we establish this? Do these things exist? Uh, so we have to use correct signs or perfect reasons, uh, uh, translated as, as a, uh, Art Engel uses, perfect reasons uh, we have to use uh, in order to establish um, all of these things with certainty. So we have an uncontrived aspiration. Uh, so we find uh, it very necessary um, to engage in this analysis uh, to establish these things in order to, to, to truly um, have something that's just not a hollow uh, aspiration. Okay. Okay. Uh, so when looking at the benefits of temporary and final benefits, uh, even beginning with the temporary benefits, uh, the lower realms, uh, being free from the lower realms and achieving rebirth in the higher realms, in order to begin there, we need to establish future lives. 
uh, uh, if we are going to assert that we will, in our future lives, not go to the lower realms and, and achieve rebirth in, uh, to the higher realms. So uh, we have to be able to use correct signs to know that uh, if at the time of death one has a continuum that is attached, then he or she will uh, be propelled into a future uh, rebirth because that is the sign that one will take on a future birth uh, in cyclic existence. So uh, there has to be this understanding of future lives and the signs to establish them uh, in order uh, to establish this freedom from lower realms and, and uh, desire for birth into the higher realms uh, in order to understand this first category of uh, temporary uh, benefit. What Okay. Then Okay. So, uh, looking at the Four Noble Truths, the Buddha stated the, the Four Truths, this is the superior truth of suffering, this is the superior truth of origin, this is the superior truth of cessation, this is the superior truth of path. Uh, and looking at the first two Noble Truths, uh, the superior truth of suffering, uh, and the superior truth of origin, the Buddha stated that suffering is to be understood uh, and origin is to be abandoned. Uh, and all of this information uh, needs to be understood uh, in order uh, to achieve uh, this uh, um, uh, temporary uh, benefit. Um, because the second truth, the truth of origin, refers to that which is the cause of suffering. Uh, and then there are two categories of origin, afflictions that are our origin and karma that is origin. And one needs to know what the propelling or throwing karma that leads to lower realm rebirth is. And one needs to know what the throwing or propelling karma that leads to higher realm rebirth is in order to understand the benefits of uh, the temporary benefits. So it's necessary to understand the causal uh, relationship between those two truths that show how one is bound to cyclic existence uh, um, in order to proceed and, and achieve these benefits. Uh, so uh, it's going under this uncontrived, uh, this uncontrived word is, is referring to really knowing, if I can just a little loosely translate, really knowing this material uh, with certainty is the, really the essence of, of the words that are being used here. Um, uh, knowing with certainty this information um, uh, um, and, and all, of, all, of, uh, all of what it means. Uh, and then we, will go th we can see how all these four truths relate to the, the teachings in common with beings of small and medium capacity and teachings for beings of great capacity. Um, uh, so this all becomes necessary in order to uh, uh, have this temporary 
temporary benefit, we need to know what propels one to the lower realms and what propels one to the higher realms. And that falls under that second noble truth. We're not going to be able to uh, uh, have this uh, arisal of uh, the temporary and final benefits if we don't truly understand the connection between action and our experiences. We don't understand that uh, we can create virtue through our body, speech, and mind. We can create non-virtue through our body, speech, and mind. Non-virtue uh, has various degrees. Uh, uh, the greatest degree of non-virtue creates the experience of the hell realm, a medium degree of non-virtue, hungry ghost, and a small degree of non-virtue, the animal realm. Virtue has degrees as well. The greatest degree of virtue gives rise to uh, <coughs> God's rebirth, a, a medium degree of virtue, demigod, and a small degree of virtue to the uh, human realm. Uh, so without uh, uh, looking at this and using reasons uh, and so signs and reasoning, we can't establish <coughs> with any kind of valid cognition uh, these uh, the benefits uh, uh, um, uh, without this kind of certainty <coughs> or understanding. Trying to understanding. <coughs> Uh, we see in Arya Deva's verses the use of correct signs. Humans, for the most part, are involved in the ignoble. Therefore, most ordinary beings fall to the lower realms or fall to the miserable realms. ทบทุบตันเดนลองปะบิเนบอสลองเดนเดซอมันเดนทบยอนทบยอบิโดยกาทบยอบิทบทบทบตุบตากุสนานันเดนตายซิตรอนานเดนตัวมายิตยุลก
uh, the, that aim or that goal. Um, so uh, um, what uh, are the uh, signs that uh, there is possible to achieve liberation or a freedom from bi binding, if you will. Why, why, what is the sign for this? And Dharmakirti Dharma in the uh, commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition states that the uh, first two noble truths uh, are unstable. They're shakable. They're not stable truths because they are mistaken. Uh, so the truth of suffering, the truth of origin, origin having two categories, afflictions that are origin and karma that is origin, uh, all of these are unstable because they come from a mistaken view, which is a view that grasps at true establishment. So therefore, because they are uh, shakable, meaning they are not valid because they're mistaken, uh, they're not stable. And if they're not stable, they can be uh, um, abandoned. And how are they abandoned? They're abandoned through the method of the path, which achieves the abandonment of them or the cessation of them. So uh, um, the, the exact quote, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to give you, but that's the meaning of that quote is that uh, because those two truths are unstable, the uh, next two truths are possible. Um, and the instability refers to the mistaken view uh, that's predominant within the first two noble truths that is that grasping. And because there's an antidote to it, it's not stable. Because there's an opponent or an antidote to it, 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 it it's not stable. So an example is that of a tree. A tree's continuum has no beginning, uh, but it's, it's not stable. Uh, and the reason its continuum is, is not stable is because it can be burned and it has an end. It can come to a complete, uh, it can be com uh, come to an end by being burned. Uh, likewise, uh, the truth of suffering and origin, which refers to afflictions and karma, uh, are not stable um, because uh, there is an antidote which gets rid of them because they are mistaken. Uh, and the antidote is the wisdom realizing selflessness, the wisdom realizing emptiness. Uh, through this uh, means, one can put an end to uh, the grasping at true establishment, which fuels that, uh, the uh, karma and afflictions which give rise to the experience of suffering. Well, so the subject, the suffering aggregates that we possess um, are not stable and we can be liberated from them uh, because it, uh, uh, it is brought about by the grasping at true establishment 
and karma and the afflictions, which have an antidote, which is the uh, wisdom realizing selflessness. So therefore, there is a liberation from these contaminated aggregate, uh, the, these suffering aggregates, these suffering heaps. So one can be free from the suffering heaps because that which produces the suffering heaps uh, has an antidote. So we can say that the subject attachment comes from an unstable lineage because it can be uh, uh, there is an antidote or an opponent to it which will which will stop it the the uh, uh, wisdom realizing selflessness will stop it so it's for that reason that we state that attachment is uh, um, an unstable uh, uh, of unstable lineage. Then the agenda, 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 the 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 so this is how we establish that there is liberation. Uh, is there or isn't there? This is how we establish that there is a liberation. So then the next is the establishing omniscience or the state of all knowing, uh, whether it's possible or not. Uh, and the reasons for its possibility is emptiness. All things are possible because of emptiness. Uh, so, I, um, and that just be careful with that translation. So all things are uh, are are possible because of this lack of true establishment. 
Um, because at the uninterrupted path, path at the path of seeing, uh, one's continuum uh, can be purified. Uh, because that purification can take place and through repeated uh, um, emphasis on the nature of reality uh, and emptiness, uh, which is the opponent to the grasping at true establishment, one can, uh, through repeated uh, familiarization, get rid of all faults. And once one has gotten rid of all faults, uh, then he or she is a Buddha. And because that potential for the eradication of every single fault is there, uh, the potential for uh, the state of omniscience or Buddhahood is there because uh, non-omniscience is a fault. Uh, so the eradication of all faults is possible, therefore omniscience あの、セグビダシャンジェシャタズウジャンサガプジャマルベ。で、ナジュトニンサンタジャブロデセ、センダムレス。で、ナロレシマナトニュトンツトゥヨアレス。ね、センティナロレガソレ。テルクエディア
abandonment of lower realm, and we think of the liberation and omniscience when, uh, with, with uh, uh, the use of analysis, then we will arrive at this uncontrived, stable uh, understanding. Jiba possession of two benefits we possess two hands, uh, a, a, um, a, go, a, a goat possesses horns. Uh, so this word possession, uh, um, uh, this word chen means possession. Um, and here uh, it says that the, the benefits, the, the, there are two benefits. It possesses two benefits, high status and uh, um, certain goodness. So these are the possessions uh, that bodhicitta has. So therefore, first you must train in the thought that is common to persons of small and medium capacities in order to develop a wish to attain the two benefits, high status as a human or deity and certain goodness, uh, liberation or omniscience. What mm-hmm. Tunde Pension, Shanju Sankumbal and Jubanas, what the 
so here the uh, two benefits that are possessions uh, that are possessed by this mind that aspires to enlightenment refer to high status and certain goodness. High status being reborn in the higher realms of God's demigods, humans. Uh, certain goodness referring to two categories, liberation uh, and omniscience or Buddhahood. Uh, so these are uh, um, the two. But what are the causes for the, these generations? How, how is it possible to, uh, um, uh, to develop these? Um, and, and then, uh, for instance, to develop the mind that aspires to enlightenment, uh, what, what, what is necessary to generate in order to uh, have that experience? So uh, then when we start to trace it back, we find that it's necessary to have the... Um, uh, great compassion and love through the force of attraction. So, uh, or if we follow it back, the extraordinary attitude, great compassion, love through the force of attraction, the wishing to uh, repay the kindness, uh, remembering kindness, and uh, wishing, remembering sentient beings are our mothers. Uh, so here, this section deals with these possessions and how they arise relative to their causes. Um, so that's this, uh, what the, this will be dealing with. That's Sambanasa Mazubayunsamate, after you have developed such a wish, you engage in cultivating the spirit of enlightenment, the attitude that produces these benefits. As you do this, you must develop the great compassion and love that are the foundations of this attitude. In other words, when you contemplate how you wander through cyclic existence, bereft of happiness and tormented by suffering, your body hairs should stand on end. Without this experience, it would be impossible for you to become unable to tolerate other beings, torment while they suffer and are bereft of happiness as they wander through cyclic existence. And then the quote... 
uh, often quoted from uh, the Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life, Bodhichara Avatara. These beings have yet to dream of such an attitude toward even their own welfare. How can they produce it towards others' welfare? Uh, so if one hasn't thought of his or her own suffering or his or her own plight, uh, of the suffering of birth, the suffering of aging, the suffering of sickness, the suffering of death, all these various types of suffering. Uh, and one hasn't then generated renunciation, the desire to emerge from them, then it's not possible to turn towards others' welfare uh, uh, because one hasn't uh, understood his or her own plight, or his or her own uh, problems. Uh, so here it's showing how its independence upon uh, these uh, uh, understandings of one's own suffering and so forth that uh, these uh, uh, um, uh, realizations of compassion and so forth that lead to bodhicitta uh, uh, can happen. Uh, so here it's showing how um, uh, one must develop these in this order uh, in order to produce this real uh, stable understanding of them. Uh, and then again the quote from the bodhicara avatara. Tanto Tamakejo so here uh, in this text uh, it says that um, as you do this you must develop great compassion and love that are the foundations of this attitude uh, so here it's uh, uh, stating that love and compassion are the foundations or the root if you will of the mind that aspires to enlightenment uh, if we look at the uh, Maitreya's Mahayana Sutra Alamkara it speaks of compassion great compassion uh, being uh, the root or the foundation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment. Um, and uh, in the, uh, um, Chandrakirti's Madhyamika Avatara, it says that uh, compassion is the foundation of the mind that aspires to enlightenment because it's uh, important at the beginning, the middle, uh, and the end. Uh, so uh, it's for that reason uh, that it is um, uh, the chief or the foundation uh, because of its importance at the beginning, uh, middle, and end. Um, so um, here it speaks of uh, compassion and love, love and compassion, and probably because compassion can't be generated without that love, 
Um, but the other texts specifically speak of compassion being the foundation. Uh, so we're just analyzing the different, different views. So in the uh, Dimika Avatar, I was trying to find the exact quote, but it just speaks of uh, um, compassion uh, being important in the beginning, uh, in the middle, uh, and the end. So compassion being important throughout uh, practice, at the beginning of practice, in the middle, and uh, at the end, once realizing uh, Buddhahood, uh, compassion becomes this motivating force. And in the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara, this, it's stating specifically that the foundation of bodhicitta is compassion. Um, uh, but in the great uh, treatise, it's stating here uh, that uh, great compassion and love are the foundation. So uh, compassion is generated from this love. So it's for this reason that it's probably here. But we find mostly uh, other uh, uh, compassion being the specific word, dutsa. Yeah. Uh, so this is a little bit difficult, so it needs to be gone over again and again, and uh, we'll open up one's understanding. And we'll slowly, we'll be able to understand it completely. Then the long, leo tambo, gola, the umanjupa long. Of a Buddhahood's abundant crop, compassion is the seed. It is like the moisture bringing increase and is said to ripen in the state of lasting happiness. Therefore, to begin, I celebrate compassion. Uh, so that's the, the quote uh, from uh, Chandrakirti. It is like moisture bringing increase and is said to ripen in the state of lasting happiness. So it says compassion's the seed, so it shows the beginning, middle, and end. Mm. And then in the perfection of wisdom teachings, the Mahayana Sutra Alamkar, it says that the foundation of compassion, the mind that aspires to enlightenment is compassion. And then if we look for a reason, then we establish the reason uh, that it is important in the beginning, in the middle, uh, and the end. Uh, in the uh, section on mind generation and the perfection of wisdom, we find this. Thank you very much. Uh, so we'll do the concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer.
the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. Whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful, Abhukateshvara, Tenzin Gyatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kinsar Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tujiram Chikutsi Shavi Denarlan. Ola Zera. Ale.